for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Outlaws, iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily. So we say we appreciate when you share those on social media. Hope you guys are all having a great week. We've got a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, You've got all this going on with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden getting down to the corruption and how uh, Hunter Biden sold his father's influence to enrich himself and the big guy, Joe Biden, the Biden family. In addition to that, tonight, we're going to talk about Barack Obama and this latest book that has came out with him about him. Uh, David Garrow's the guy who initially sat down with Barack Obama and interviewed him for several days. Uh, He even said one of Barack Obama's ex-girlfriends said that Obama told him he constantly fantasized about having sex with a man. There's a lot of different uh, accusations in this book, which has actually been out for quite some time. And people are just now talking about it. It's just now uh, getting a lot of headlines for some of these things in this book. It always gets me when people try and say President Trump divided this country. When you look at what he came into uh, with Barack Obama and all his divisive sniffs, trying to stir up racial tensions, uh, the Obamacare disaster, uh, the droning people overseas, uh, droning weddings, families, children. I mean, President Obama was a pretty controversial president in his own right. And I argued that America was already divided before Trump even ran for president. And Obama is what gave us Trump. I mean, people were so done with the establishment after George Bush and Barack Obama. They're just looking for an alternative. And President Trump was that alternative. And uh, we haven't looked back since. Rob, what are your thoughts on the latest with Barack Obama potentially being a gay man? I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in tonight. Uh, Your opening was spot on. And I never looked at it that way, what you're saying. I, too, read this article by David Garrow, who interviewed I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting it confused already. And we just went over this one before we came on or during our uh, pre-show. David Samuels interviewed David Garrow. David Samuels' article, The Obama Factor, sat down and interviewed David Garrow about his book, Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama, which came out in 2017. And like you said, it's only now getting traction. I think that a lot of us always knew that Barack Obama wasn't the as they like to say, he wasn't plagued with scandals, and there were scandals galore in that White House. It's just that the media never reported on it. We had Fast and Furious. We had Loris Lerner. We even had his uh, Department of Justice head, uh, who was asked, who was charged with contempt of Congress, but uh, Eric Holder. But no one wanted to say anything about it. It made Obama out to be this nice fellow. And I'm sure that if you were to go back and look at the records and speak with some of the Secret Service guys, they would probably tell you it was anything but that, because there was a lot of tension between he and Michael, I'm sorry, I mean Michelle Obama in the White House. But of course, the Secret Service folks there sworn to silence. But Barack Obama was not the quiet figure, uh, this innocent guy that the media tries to play him as being and has built this person up as being. 
I thought that, and something that the authors mentioned to uh, his interviewer, David Garrow said that Obama was rather lazy. And you know that Biden has said on many occasions that he would nominate him to be on the Supreme Court, which is a joke. I, I always thought, I'm like, that's not even a good fit for him. I, I don't see Barack Obama as having this energy and drive to work. And some would say that's because of his lackadaisical attitude coming from Hawaii, having grown up in Hawaii. But he's really laid back. And that's one of the things that the media enjoyed saying, that he was laid back, that he was cool. They like to show him in his shades and how he's strut. But along with that, with that being laid back comes a person who is definitely lazy. And I can point to some points or periods in his administration whereby he was lazy. Because we got to remember when he came up with this entire uh Ener- I mean, not energy, but a uh, healthcare plan, Obamacare. He was so lazy to push it that he reached out to his nemesis, Bill Clinton. And that was his nemesis because he and his wife did not like the Clintons because they felt that the Clintons were tawdry and dirty. And to be honest with you, poor white trash. And this was, this was even said in some of the circles. They did not like the Clintons. But when it came time to push Obamacare, who did he reach out to? Bill Clinton. And I remember today, the go look at the video, go to DuckDuckGo, and he introduced Bill Clinton. He said, well, I'm going to introduce someone that you really don't, doesn't really need to be introduced. You all know him. And he's going to talk to you about the rest. He got Bill Clinton to push Obamacare while he sat back and watched. And he's done this on many occasions. Remember the red line in the sand that he drew in Syria? And they just trounced right over it. And Barack Obama looked the other way. Remember he and Putin when they met and Putin was staring at him and Obama had this look of like, oh God, here we go again. You again, little guy, why don't you just behave? He had so much contempt for people who were actually, I mean, in the game doing things. And he just assumed, I think, that by being the president and being the first he wasn't the first black. He was definitely the first African-American because I mentioned before on some of our shows, his dad was from Africa, literally from Africa. His dad grew up in Africa and then came to the States to study. His dad was not enslaved. His dad was from a tribe in Africa, a rather prominent tribe, came to America to study, met Obama's mother. They married. The dad had was a habitual guy that had affairs. And... They divorced. Unfortunately, the dad went back to Africa, and I think he was killed in a car accident. So Obama was raised by his white mom and her, uh, I think it was her, and her family. She had since married someone from Thailand, I think, or Indonesia, some one of those Asian places, and he went there as well. Now, I know there's a whole big thing about Obama, where's his birth certificate, was he born in the States, was he not? Uh, We've come to terms with it. Even Trump said, okay, he was born in America, let's move on. Okay, but you know, that was a big deal. Though the birther, Trump is saying he's not, he wasn't born an American. And Hillary Clinton said the same thing. Hillary Clinton was the person who put it out there. It's just unfortunate that they tried to tag that to Trump to say he was a racist. And if you were to talk to black people, they would still bring that up. Never mind you, as I've said before, that you have rappers rapping about Trump. But this, and this happens all the time, this birther issue. You had some Democrats saying that John McCain wasn't born in the States, and John McCain wasn't born in the States. He was born overseas. 
But because he was born in a U.S. hospital, his dad was in the service. Of course, he was an American citizen. It happens all the time. You look at a lot of military families. Some of their children are born overseas, but that does not mean that they're not American. Okay, they're serving overseas, so they're still American. And they can come to America and they can serve as a president. I have no issue with that. But what I do have an issue with is when you have people crossing the border illegally and then their children are born here and then they're considered, in my opinion, anchor babies. They should not be citizens. By no shape, form, or fashion should they be citizens. They came here illegally. They don't, they're not entitled to the birthright. You have people pushing back on it. And we also have to understand when you go back in history, when you look at this, this whole birthright citizenship, it came up around slavery. When they were trying to say, when they were going to free the slaves, they said, well, maybe they don't count because, you know, they weren't born here or they were born somewhere else, their parents. And they said, nope, born in America, you're an American. But now we need to, we definitely need to revisit this. And that's something that Trump has said that he's going to do. And of course, whenever he brings it up, what happens? You have the white liberal media going to sell this to blacks and telling blacks, oh, they want to say that you're not American. And because some blacks aren't informed, because the bougie blacks like Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, Joy Reid, Whoopi Goldberg, Sonny Hostin will push, they want to say that you're not American. It has nothing to do with that. What they're trying to do is they're trying to safeguard your citizenship so that illegals can't come here and take your place. But these people don't realize it. I was online today before we came on air and I was looking at some of the postings on Instagram at all the misinformation that has been put out there by the media. Now, I wish Jack Smith and Meritless Garland would go after the media for disinformation because they're not living up to the standards that the Constitution wanted them to live up to, to hold the government accountable, to hold our politicians accountable. They're doing everything but that. They're peddling lies. They're peddling disinformation. We would already know about this book about Barack Obama had they not tried to suppress it. I don't know why now, Andrew, it's coming up. I mean, it does beg the question, why are they now talking about this book? Is it that they know something that we don't know? Is it Barack Obama eventually is going to come out and say that he's gay, bisexual, or he's non-binary, or what have you? I wouldn't at all be surprised if this book is the precipice for him coming out to say this. And if he does, I don't care, but I don't want him to push an agenda on our children. Notice I didn't say on the voters. I said the children, because that's who they're looking at. Have you noticed lately, whenever you turn on the TV, you open up the internet, you're looking at the news, someone is coming out as gay, someone is coming out as bi, someone is coming out as pan. It's a ruse. Look at Demi Devado. She came out about 15, I mean, not 15, but five years ago saying that she was non-binary. She didn't want to classify herself as being one or the other. Now, some years later, she's saying, oh, no, actually, I'm straight. Because she got tired of the game. And there are so many other people that are playing this game also. And then they want to call, refer to us as cisgender. No, I'm heterosexual. I don't want to be a cis. That's, I find that a very derogatory term. And they want you to buy into it by saying that you're cis, and it translates into heterosexual, but they want to put a label on you that they created. Folks, you know, we got to start denouncing this and calling it for what it is and speaking out. And we need our justice systems to support us. 
but they're too busy caught in this crazy world that they won't do it. They want to say that we're wrong. And then you have judges or who will agree with this and doctors who will write papers, will pen papers on this. But a closer observation, Andrew, if you were to look at this, and if you look at the background of a lot of these doctors, you know what you'll find? That they're struggling with their sexual identity. And this is all part of the process. Just like in our school systems, you look at our school systems, you have a lot of teachers that identify as non-binary, gay, trans. You have the same thing in our medical community. They have taken up the mantle. They're, they've been giving a platform. Why? Because conservatives have turned their back on it. They've decided, oh, we don't need this. We're going to focus on something else. And I've said this time after time after time on our show. We have got to take back this fight. We have got to stop looking the other way. We have got to have more conservatives in our educational system, in our medical system, in our corporations, in our publishing companies, and in the internet, social media. We, I know that it gets tiresome. I get tired sometimes. I want to give up. I want to just throw my arms up and say, I'm tired of it. I can't do it. Am I making a difference? But that's what they want us to do. They want us to give up. Here on After Dark with Robin Andrew, we try to put together a succinct show for you five days a week. It gets tiresome. I mean, we're constantly trying to churn it out, coming up with topics, researching, looking at the news, trying to formulate an opinion, only to have our voices stifled. We were on Twitter. They didn't want to shut it down. We were almost near like 100,000 followers. Now, just imagine had we not been shut down where we would be and our voices. I mean, we're on so many social media platforms trying to get our voices out there, share our podcast. But it does get tiresome. And you're like, you know, what difference am I making? We're on the front lines and you have conservatives with deep pockets who are fussing amongst each other. They're not supporting people like us. It's like, come on, some of them can go out and buy CNN. Why not? Look at Jeff Bezos. He bought Washington, Washington Post. Does he need it? Absolutely not. But he knew that he would be able to control the news cycle. And just remember when he bought it, he bought it just as Trump was coming into power because he knew that, hey, I can have an impact. He was encouraged by Warren Buffett to buy it. He didn't need it. Look at his business model. He's Amazon. Okay, he's already made his millions. He's now going into exploratory into space. But he did it to control things, to control the news cycle. Look at Elon Musk. He bought Twitter. Now, so far, I mean, he, I don't think he's living up to <laughs> what he said he was going to do by restoring accounts because he hasn't restored my account. He hasn't restored Andrew's account. So I say this to say it does get tiresome, but we have to soldier on. We can't give up because if we were to give up, we're opening up more room for them to grow their indoctrination. If we were to give up, stories like this about Barack Obama would never be published. And people wouldn't talk about it. If we were to give up Hunter Biden and the Hunter Biden laptop and him talking to strippers, telling them, oh, I'm a broker dealer and I can go out and make all these fancy deals and bring in money, knowing that that's not true. He's just a sleazebag. So if we give up, you won't know these stories that are out there. And that's the reason why we encourage you time after time, night after night, to share the stories, like the stories. It's okay if you want to have these little fights, these little tit for tats with these liberals, but we need for you to share our story 
so that other people will be awakened. We need to wake people up to see what's happening. This book came out in 2017 with a lot of good nuggets talking about how lazy Barack Obama is. And I've always said it. We've intimated this so many times on this show. But do other people know about it? And now this book is coming out. It's, it's already been out. It's now making the rounds. There is an article on this thing, I think, called the tablet that they're talking about it. Now, just imagine again, had this not happened, who would come out and mention this? Now, this book will probably get buried, but like I said, unless there is a, an arterial motive behind it. Maybe Barack is going to come out and say that he is uh, a member of the ABCD QFG community. Many people already think it. Many people think that Michelle is Michael. I personally don't think that she's Michael. I think she's just a big woman, large and in charge. But if it were to come out that she was, man, I would be shocked. I'm like, oh, all this time I was rooting for your sister. I would say that you were a female. I know there are questions about the children. Like, did they have those children? We know that in her book, she opened up about having difficulties with pregnancy. Maybe she was having difficulties with pregnancy because Barack Obama wasn't just, he wasn't attracted to her. He didn't find it attractive. He couldn't, you know, get into the motion. I don't know, but, you know, we should, we should talk about this. They would talk about it for Trump. Why can't we talk about it with Barack Obama? I mean, nothing against him, but, I mean, he's a public figure. And I think that, you know, he's open, he, you know, he's subject to have these discussions, discussions about him. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about this. We're going to dissect this. In addition, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden and what he told the stripper. And we spoke about that on the other show. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, he's fallen to this thing that so many other men have fallen into, thinking they're in love with the stripper and going to a stripper for advice. I'm going to pick this up on the other side of the break. Yeah, very well said. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Manger, which is available in America, Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. While the cancel culture destroys our history, bringing crime and terror to city streets, AmericaOutloud.news will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Loud. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
We're back here on After Dark with Robin Andrew and continuing along our discussion. Uh, Barack Obama uh, is who we've been discussing tonight, and the latest I read about was his chef, and there could be a cover-up at hand here. Uh, Dom Lucre on Twitter posted a thread about this guy drowning, and uh, the cover-up, basically, the media is not talking about this at all. Uh, and it is a pretty big story. I mean, the guy drowned on Barack Obama's property, and they hardly talked about it. Uh, that's one thing that he's got going on in his life. Uh, also, this is the same guy who recently uh, got to be tax-exempt from building a new wall pr for protection in his Hawaiian property. So certainly using his influence to uh, enrich himself there. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on uh, this Obama chef dying? Had you read this story? Yeah, I read that it came out about a week ago. And I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, it now begs a question. I'm now trying to look up his name, the uh, his chef, Tafari Campbell. Now, now that we, wow, how do I say this? Because this was in the back of my mind when this chef died, but I had nothing to tie it to. Is there a possibility that Barack Obama and this guy were having an affair? I mean, I'm not trying to spread rumors, but is it a possibility? You, you, you see, I mean, I, when, this, when this guy died, when he drowned, it entered my mind, but then I put it in the back. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to go there with conspiracy rumors. I'm like, theories. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. But now, knowing about the book, you know, <laughs> ah, wow. Now, I'm, why can't I speculate? If something like this were to happen at Trump, there would, there would be all kinds of speculation. Always, well, maybe uh, Melania was having an affair. And, you know, that was said once, that she was having an affair with one of the Secret Servicemen. And it'll probably resurface again. So why can't I? I don't feel bad. Andrew, should I feel nasty? Well, I don't want to use the word nasty. Should I feel dirty that I'm even exploring this and, and talking about this? No, I don't... You, should, you shouldn't because we were just talking about it our last segment with this book said that he fantasizes about gay men all the time. And even I was looking this up further. Even Daily Mail posted Barack Obama's chef, Tafari Campbell's uh, death, a cover-up. So, I mean, this is making the round, so it's certainly relevant to talk about. I mean, we just we just don't know. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. Please do not get me wrong. I mean, do I think... Do not get me wrong. Go ahead, Andrew. I think this is why um, Justin Trudeau and his wife are splitting up. She had one problem, and her problem was she didn't have a penis. So, wow. uh, they are now divorcing. You look at uh, Barack Obama, everyone's always said that he likes to get a little action on the side. And it's been a rumor that he's been a gay man for several years. And again, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm glad you brought up uh, Trudeau because he and his wife, I think the, the issue there is, like you said, he, she didn't have a penis. I, she got tired of being married to a beta male. And we see that in statistics that a lot of women who are Democrat, a liberal, prefer conservative men. They're tired of these beta males. And I see all these men trying to push this agenda with, I can wear a skirt, even LeBron James. There's another basketball player. You have uh, Brad Pitt. You have so many men trying to make it normal to always oh, okay to wear a skirt. Look at the guy who's married to, or not married to, but dating Rihanna. 
he's coming out wearing skirts and oh I, I feel comfortable with my masculinity okay that's fine but you're you're trying to sell an agenda plain and simple i cannot see myself wearing a skirt there are women who don't like wearing dresses let alone a skirt because they say that they're uncomfortable they don't like the the air going up their legs so now you got a man oh i'm gonna put it on and then they'll say oh well back in the day the men wore dresses no they didn't they wore sarongs now i know that the the uh what was it the roman men wore those little small tonics or tongs or whatever it was but it wasn't a dress and they wore it because that's what they wore then they were in that area that region maybe if they knew about shorts they would have wore shorts but you have these people who are trying to push an agenda oh men can wear dresses men can wear heels women don't like wearing heels they find them uncomfortable so now you want to say men can wear heels see it's an agenda it's an agenda that they're pushing I don't like, for one, I don't like blousy shirts, dress shirts. I want cotton shirts or linen shirts. I don't like those shirts that are like really blousy. When I was younger, I used to wear, there was this uh, short sleeve shirt that I used to wear that was kind of blousy. And I remember one day this one, uh, I was talking to this one girl and she's like, oh, she's like, oh, you wear, you dress really nice, blah, 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 blah. And I wore this one shirt. She's like, oh, I don't like that shirt. I'm like, wow. She says, too blousy. And I thought about it. I'm like, wow. I know there was something wrong with the shirt. It's just too, you know, flowing. I'm like, oh, I don't like that's not That's not my style. Maybe some people will do it. But if I were to wear it, I wouldn't be wearing it to make a point, as so many men are doing. It's like, come on, stop this. But see, this is the indoctrination. We want to make people feel like if I wear this, I'm making people feel comfortable. You look at Dwayne Wade and his son, what they're doing to that poor boy. And then Michelle Obama was even interviewed by the boy. It was just a complete, I didn't even like watching. I'm like, come on. So just going back to this chef, again, it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't want to say it. But now that I'm finding out about Barack Obama writing letters to his girlfriend saying that he fantasized about having sex or making having sex with men, I, I want to see the letter itself and see exactly what was said and how did he say it. Was he saying this to her just to get aroused out of her to see what her response would be? But I was thinking, I'm like, why would you just what what is a thought process to send this letter? to your girlfriend, unless you're trying to, and I can't get into the head of his, and Barack Obama, but I'm going to. There's nothing wrong with that. Unless he was trying to convince her to have a three-way. I mean, some men will do that. They'll talk to their you know, partner, significant other, and say, oh, he thought about introducing someone else. You know, Of course, that someone else is always a, another female. But maybe the girlfriend, he mentioned this to the girlfriend, because she had mentioned to him, why don't we have a three-way, or he wanted to have a three-way with another woman, and then she said, well, why not have it with a man? And then to make her feel comfortable, he said, well, well, I thought about it. You know, there, there's just so much, so many things that we could play around with, with what he was thinking. And to each his own, you know, if you're a consenting adult, if that's what you want to do, role play, have 12 different people, you know, if no one is being harmed, just do it. But we're just, you know, just looking at this because, again, Barack Obama was sold to us as being this person with all these values and moral turpitude, and that he was like beyond reproach, and we're now finding out that he was just a regular bugger. He's probably just a regular, but just like Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden and his strippers, Hunter Biden and his prostitutes, and uh, wow, I guess six degrees of separation, and maybe that's the reason why Obama was okay with the Biden and their criminal family cabal, because he knew that everything wasn't smelling so shady with he and Michelle. I'm just, just throwing this out there, folks. That's all. I'm just, just, you know, trying to dissect this, and there's nothing wrong with it. 
there's nothing wrong with it in this book, Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama 2017, and who he is. I would encourage you all to go and, you know, thumb through it or read the articles. I'm not going to buy the book. I'll just read the articles just to see what it's about, which is what we've done here to report back to you. But it is rather interesting. And if you get the article, The Obama Factor by uh, Daniel Samuel, which is in the tablet, you can get like an excerpt as to what happened. One of the things, again, I said that stood out to me was a whole issue with him being lazy. And I just spelled out to you in the first block how lazy this man was. You think back about Barack Obama, the only thing that he would get involved in were these crises that caused division, like the whole race thing. And I read somewhere in an article that after his first term, which really wasn't, you know, you can't say that he did anything of significance other than try to push Obamacare, and then he really tried to do it during his, uh, during the second term that he was laid back the entire time. And I always felt that he was just waiting his time, waiting so that he could get out and make money, which is what he's doing. And people seem to just be throwing money at him. And for what? What has he done? What has he done on the world stage? We've got the Clintons who went out on the Clinton Global Initiative, which was a money pushing scheme for them to just gain money. Although they were saying they're trying to save, you know, cut back on poverty, but and then him going out for speaking, speaking engagements. But other than that, what has Barack Obama done? The book also said that he's made a whole lot of money going out speaking to people and probably would go out for 15 minutes and then he would go back in because he's very lazy. He's laid back. Whereas you look at Carter, who had a very unsuccessful presidency, who went out and formed Habitat for Humana, Humanity. And he did that because he knew that his presidency was completely a complete failure. So he had to do something to, to, you know, to compensate for it. Then you have the Bushes. The first Bush, he was already uh, in the political scheme. He had been uh, over the CIA. He'd held numerous jobs. So he really didn't have to go out and prove himself. And then the second Bush, who was laid back, really didn't have to prove himself, but he gave us the Gulf War. But Barack Obama, and then Clinton, like I said, Clinton, Clinton reformed our welfare system. And then he and Hillary formed the global Clinton Global Initiative, whereby they were just peddling money and influence to make themselves uh, multimillionaires. But then Barack Obama had none of that, none of it. So what exactly did he do? What did he bring to the table besides division and confusion, which is what he's doing right now? But we also have to admit he served two terms, actually a third term, and he's sitting back now the puppet master for Joel, for, uh, I'll start to say Joel Biden, and I might as well say, because <laughs> they're one and the same, but for Joe Biden, he's a puppet master. He's pulling the strings. Don't you dare not think that he's the one who's saying, prosecute Trump, persecute Trump. He's no good. He's a threat to democracy. When in actuality, the threat to democracy is Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Now, I know you've probably read an article. They're saying that Joe was screaming and saying that Merrick Garland needs to stop being so soft and he needs to go after Trump, his rival. He did say that, and I do believe it. But you know where it came from? Barack Obama, the puppet master. And do you guys not also find it interesting that every president, once their term was up, they left D.C., every president except for the Obamas. They decided to buy a compound in D.C., not that far from the White House. I should have gone there just to look at it when I was in D.C. earlier this summer. But he remained in D.C. and they're still there. Now, their excuse was, well, they want to stay there because their youngest daughter, Sasha, wanted to finish up school at Sidwell, the hoity-toity school for all the politicians' children, and she wanted to graduate with her class. 
okay, she's long since graduated. Why haven't you guys got out of town? And why would you buy a mansion as opposed to rent? He stayed there in D.C. because he wanted to be a power broker. He wanted to upset Trump's first term. And see, no one ever thought about that. No one ever made the connection. No one wanted to say, oh, this doesn't look right. Oh, but it's okay. They didn't want to say it because it was Barack Obama still in D.C. He could have gone to Martha's Vineyard, where he has a huge compound, where Chef Tarifi Campbell drowned. He could have gone to Hawaii, where he's building a compound. And remember, when he was in D.C., they built this huge wall, as Andrew said, around the compound. And I think they tried to do the same thing, or they're trying to do the same thing in Hawaii. But he did not go back to Chicago to buy a mansion. They don't even have a presence in Chicago, other than the library that they're trying to build, which is going to be this huge multimedia platform on Chicago's south side. So they're trying to kick out the poor Blacks. They're making certain that there are no illegal immigrants that are there because they want to turn that area around, gentrify it. Little is said about it. Sometimes it'll come out. So you'll have Black people protesting some of them, but then they'll pay them off and then they'll go away. I really do wish that Black people would just wake up and realize that people aren't after them the way they think they are. They're not. We know about slavery. We know that there were a lot of bad actors that are out there. We know that there's still bad actors that are out there. And we know that some of these bad actors in the entertainment industry, in corporations, and in politics are now trying to quickly turn the curve and say, oh, it wasn't us, it was Republicans, when in actuality, it was the Democrats because they controlled everything. They controlled the media. They control the book publishing. They're the ones who came out with all these negative books about Blacks. They're the ones who portrayed these negative images about Blacks in the 70s, whereby the black the criminal was always a Black man or a Black woman. The criminal was always a deranged uh, gay person. Now they're trying to turn it and say, no, it was the Republicans. No, they didn't control any of that. Remember, I told you, they gave up on it. They walked away. But look at how they were so clever in changing uh, taking control of the narrative to make you think it were the conservatives, but it's not. And even to this day, look at our school system. Now, years from now, we're going to look back and say, who messed the school systems up? They're going to say conservatives. The same way they're doing it would defund the police. Oh, it was the Republicans. They wanted to defund the police simply because we're saying we're not going to fund people like Marilis Garland, Christopher Ray, and Jack Smith. They're going to say, oh, you don't want to fund any of them. And people will believe it. Look at the criminal activity that's taking place in black neighborhoods because of the lack of polices. Look at what happened in New York not too long ago with that mob. Look at what happened in Chicago with the mob. And then the mayor wants to come out and say, we can't call it a mob. I mean, they exchanged Lori Lightfoot for another idiot. And even when you look at them, he looks like an idiot. I think if you want to open up the dictionary, you would see an idiot. You look across our big cities at the people who are at the helm, they are Black people, as they want to call themselves, African-American. But as I told you, the only African-American is Barack Obama because his dad was actually from Africa. But of our big cities, you look at who's at the helm of them, incompetent Black individuals. And it's sad because there are accomplished Black individuals like Brian Donalds. And this guy is a powerhouse, taking nothing from Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott, but Brian Donalds, Andrew... This guy is a force to contend with. And I've heard that some people, they're saying that Trump is possibly looking at him to be, you know, his vice president. I don't know. He's from Florida, and Trump definitely needs the Florida vote. He can't pick Ron DeSantis. 
as Trump would like to say, sanctimonious Ron DeSantis, because there's no there's a loyalty issue there. And I've already, already discussed that. And I will say it again. If someone help you during your election, they help you get over the hump. The least you can do is respect that person and say, I'm going to help you for your second election, and I'm not going to try to run against you as the deep swamp wants me to. And that's the reason why Ron DeSantis is suffering now. And Ed Rollins even said that. That's the reason why Ed Rollins left his campaign because he saw that this campaign is going nowhere. Things could change, of course. But right now, it's still at, uh, at the starting point. But going back to our boy Barack Obama and his fantasies, I'm sure that he's had a lot of other fantasies. And guys, you got to remember. But when Kamala Harris first came out the gate, Kamala Harris, who had an affair with Willie Brown, who was just like passed all around Hollywood, she even had an affair with uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, it was a talk show talk show host, Montel Williams. I mean, this she was a, she was a woman about the town. But when she became <laughs> the uh, DA, I think of Los Angeles, California, one of the states, cities there, Barack Obama came out and said, "Wow, she doesn't look bad. Maybe that was his type, and not Michelle." Now, I'm going to say this because I know we've got to go to commercial break, but in the book, apparently, and in this article that I read, he his girlfriends were, were two white women. There might have been others, but he felt that he had to marry a black woman, and Michelle, without a doubt, is a black woman in every sense of a word. So maybe she wasn't his type, but he felt that, hey, this gives me validity, and this is when he was planning his ascension to the White House through Saul Alinsky. And maybe Saul Alinsky told him also, you need to marry someone who's black so that they will accept you. Because Barack Obama did not have the black experience. He didn't have it at all. He went to Chicago purposefully through himself in Chicago South Side so that he could get the black experience. He only read about it. He didn't know about it. I'm going to take this up on the other side of the break. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Gosh, I can't believe that we're in the last half of the show, and I was really getting into this. I'm really enjoying this show and dissecting 
Barack Obama because I don't think we've ever done that on this platform. I know that we've done it when we were on Facebook and Twitter, but and even then, not to this degree, because we just didn't find him as being an interesting person. But now with this book that's coming out, and I think also I didn't want to. We're we're extremely careful not to deal with conspiracy theories, although we've said that a conspiracy is a down payment on the truth. But we like to stay above the fray. But when we're giving information to dissect and to look at, I mean, we could bring this to the forefront. And as I said, during the second half of the show, when Andrew brought up the sh- uh, chef, Tarif Campbell, I there was, in the back of my mind, there was this thing that was saying it. Maybe there was something going on an affairs relationship between he and Obama. And it could all be innocent. You know, we don't know because this guy also worked for the second Bush. He was a chef there. But you know something, Andrew, that I uh, that stood out about this chef is that on one clip, they were showing him making homemade beer at home. I, not at home, I think at the White House. And I thought that was illegal. I gotta look into that. Maybe maybe it isn't. Maybe you can make beer. You know, they used to call it uh, what bootleg beer, a, a liquor. I thought you couldn't do that. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I mean, this guy. I think he was in his forties. You know, handsome looking chap. I think he he was married. He had a kid. I think they've already had the funeral. But maybe, and he was staying at the Obama camp while the Obamas wasn't there. Maybe they were having, uh, they would have swing parties. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I just find this whole thing interesting, especially with this book, the revelation of the book with Obama and his fantasies. And like I said, why would he write his girlfriend and tell her about that? Maybe he was trying to convince her to have a three way. I'm just, just throwing this out there and it's okay. It's okay to, you know, to speculate and wonder what exactly was happening. Because we see, as they say, birds of a flock flock together. You look at Joe Biden's past. Joe Biden was caught digitally assaulting with his fingers a Hollywood, and not Hollywood, but a Capitol staffer, Tara Reid. Now, people will look at Tara Reid now, Andrew, and they say, oh, that's impossible. But be back in the day, Tara Reid looked pretty nice. And we know that Joe stole Jill from his one of his friends. Jill was previously married. And uh, they were all friends. They would go out together. And then one day, the guy said that he found his name was Bill Stevenson, that Jill was spending more time with Biden and his sons and his children. And she claimed that she was helping them. She was looking out for them, babysitting, because Joe had to go to the uh, to Congress and do some stuff, and only to find out later on that they were having an affair. And then she divorced him and married Joe. And as I said on one of our other shows, Jill was a hot little number back in the day. So, you know, people like that, they click together. So Obama and Michelle, and in Michelle's book, Becoming Michelle, which was, uh, they did a, what was it? A documentary on her becoming Michelle. And as we said on the show earlier this week, the person who did it was the wife of Jack Smith. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. These people all travel in the same circle. Six degrees of separation. They're all in the swamp. 
Now, how could it be that Jack Smith, who's persecuting Trump's wife, is friends with Michelle Obama, and she did her documentary, Becoming Michelle. Michelle's uh, book, Becoming, was like a bestseller. In the book, she lamented about the trials of being married, trials and tribulations of being married to Barack Obama and how they struggled in the relationship. They had to go to counseling and how she met him when she first met him at this Chicago law firm. She felt that he was full of himself, that he was arrogant and she didn't like him. But she kept coming back and she felt that, oh, he's one of those guys. He probably doesn't like women like me. Well, she was right. He did it. But then at the same time, he felt, felt that, hey, this is my way to establish myself by marrying her. And of course, he was sitting at the feet of Saul Alinsky, a known person who hates America. Look up Saul Alinsky. So Obama knew Michelle, saw through her, saw through that she was very, uh, uh, what is the word, uh, not, didn't have a lot of confidence, very insecure. And that's something else that they pointed out in this book. They said that Barack Obama was insecure like Trump. Now, come on, Andrew, do you think that Trump is insecure? Trump might be a lot of things, but insecure? Not hard, but they were saying it, and I think they were trying to link the two together. But if you recall, when I think uh, Obama was in college, he even made reference to Trump and said, I want to be like Trump. I don't know. Some people say that it was like that was manufactured, that he really didn't say it. But I kind of believe it was true because Trump was the thing at the time. In the 80s and the 90s, Trump was the signature. Everyone liked Trump because of his, the way he made money. The art of the deal. Everyone loved it. Only when he, when he decided to run for president that they just tried to poo-poo on him and say, oh, he's bad, he's a racist. Even Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson liked him. And if I could just get black people to see it, when I say that, because they're being deceived again, black people are being deceived again. Like They've created a boogeyman for black people, and right now he's Trump. Whereas the only thing Trump has done is to help them. The Second Chance Act, which Ron DeSantis wants to get rid of. Second Chance Act that gets black men out of jail and women. Look at Alice Johnson. She reached out to Barack Obama and said, help, help me. I'm in jail. I know what I did was wrong, but my sentence is too long. And he ignored her. But he let out all these other men, the weathermen, all these people who were against America. Black people don't say it. It's like, wake up. But going back to Michelle and becoming Michelle. So Jack Smith's wife did the documentary on it. And I saw little snippets of it, and it makes absolutely no sense. It was horrible. But she managed to use this to make all these millions of dollars. But in the book, she did say that she and Barack Obama struggled. They had marital problems. And you have all these women. I see all these women reading the book. They're like, oh, so she's just like us. She can, she can identify that we struggle with our husbands. And sometimes we don't like our husbands. Michelle has gone out on record saying this. She's gone on talk shows saying this. That sometimes that she hated him, even in the White House. She just wanted just to slap him upside the head. And I believe she did it. And you know something else about Michelle? Never once did she ever refer to Barack Obama as being the president. She would always call him Barry. Barry this and Barry that. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just, just thought it was interesting that she never referred to him as being the president of the United States. Now, I don't know if that was because of sass. It was because she's just like, hey, he's your president. He's not mine. He's just my husband. And he's not all that. I still think that there are some insecurities there. Now, I'm not in that marriage. And like they say, never guess what's going on in a marriage just between that person. But man, the, the book was rather revealing with some of the little snippets that I've read with them having marital problems. They had to go to counseling, even when they were in the White House. I mean, I remember once, Andrew, she stepped out from Air Force One 
in these uh, cutoff jeans and a hair pushback. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? This is a first lady. But, you know, they want to make it seem as if, though, oh, she's just one of us. She's just an everyday woman. Now, I'm sure people wanted to say something about it, but they were like, oh, do we say something? Oh, we better not say anything. She was never criticized for anything that she wore. Now, granted, when during the, uh, I think, the first inaugural ball, that getup that she had on, I'm like, who the heck made that? I hope it wasn't Andrew Talley, that famous designer guy. I'm like, are you serious? Why would you wear that? It was hideous. It looked like some swan outfit. But after that, they never criticized her. Everything that she did, they said, oh, it was just by design. It was beautiful. Oh, it was lovely. No, I have to admit, there were some times when she wore some dresses, some of the state dinners. She did look rather attractive. I thought, wow, this is, she looks really nice. And when she went into the White House and they tamed her eyebrows that were overly arched to make her look mean, they toned it down. She, during the first term, I'll say, Michelle did come off as being, you know, a rather pleasant woman, you know, someone you would see at home. But then during the second term, oh my God, that viciousness that we saw that was exhibited on the campaign trail. And she blew up like a blimp. I mean, she uh, put on a ton of weight. Goodness. She, she did. And, you know, and we're not making fun of her. We're just saying this because of how her approach when she was in the White House, telling our children, you're too big, you got to do this, and you got to slim down. And, you know, I even heard that she wanted to market this juice in schools that she thought was going to get her millions of dollars. But then when they looked at it, they said, there's more sugar in this. It would give a, put a kid in a coma. She backed down on it, and you hear no more about that business deal. Yeah, no more I, about it. I remember we used to post articles with pictures of some of these lunches that kids would get after this Michelle Obama lunch program, and she's just basically feeding them garbage um, <laughs> that was supposedly healthy food, healthy eating, when really there was nothing wrong with what kids were eating before. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, the menu is already hideous. I mean, here in New York City, the crazy mayor, he wants everyone to go vegan. I mean, if you want to go vegan, that's you. Don't try to force it on other people. There are other alternatives, ways of eating healthy. But again, you have these woke liberals that wants to push their agenda down your throat. Then if you look at them, they're doing something completely different. And just talking about Eric Adams, I want to say this also. Guys, we never got to the bottom as to why he was living in Jersey, claiming he was in Brooklyn. He should have never been there. He was a diversity hire, diversity vote in, and that's the reason why the city is going to the slums right now, just like third world countries. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to have a talk about him also on the show. But I'm going to go back to Barry and Michelle. So becoming Michelle, like I said, she exposed a lot in this book about her marriage with Barack Obama. Now, again, it's okay. This is fair game to talk about because she exposed it in the book. And then we have this other guy, this David uh, – uh, who sat down with Barack Obama and Garrow and sat with him for like three hours, seven days a week, and he gave him a lot of insight as to some of the things that he had done. And one of the things that Garrett, David said is that he found it interesting that no one ever bothered to go and find out about Barack Obama's previous relationships. I even said that on our show when we were on Twitter. I'm like, why isn't anyone, you know, went to speak with any of his previous girlfriends. They did it for Trump. They do it for every candidate. But they never did it for Barack Obama. It was like, that's off game. You can't talk about it. Even Michelle, in her book, Becoming, I don't think she even mentioned any of his previous girlfriends. 
I mean, he dated some of these women for quite some time before he found Michelle. But as I said, he married Michelle because he felt that this is what I have to do. And I applaud him for doing it. I don't think I could have done it. She's not my type. I would have said, no, I have a type. I'm going to marry this person. But he felt compelled to do it. Maybe Saul Alinsky told him, you need to marry someone who's Black, an African-American, to legitimize yourself. And he probably felt that Michelle, although she was insecure, was an easy target that he could do it. And of course, she fell for him because she thought that I could never find anyone like this. Because if you look at some of the people that she dated, they want of Obama's caliber. Not that he has a caliber. I think Obama has aged, gotten better with age because earlier on, he looked like some two-bit hoodlum who was always smoking pot. And he even mentioned that he smoked pot enthusiastically and people, oh my God, this is great. Like, what's so great about that, pushing that on your kids? We know that marijuana does impact their neurological ability as they get older in their brains. But again, liberals don't care about that because they're into all this, you know, Satanistic stuff and just to please the, the pleasures of the flesh. They're okay with it. But so this, this, these two people, they are definitely worth looking at and peeling back the onion and seeing who they really are, because what we were sold images that we were sold is just not true. And now slowly we're beginning to see who Barack Obama really is. And like I said, I think he was always a lazy, narciss narcissistic man. And I don't think really that, like they're saying that these fantasies of men, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. And who cares? But I think he's in love with himself. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he were to say that he fantasized about having making out with himself. Because you look at look at him since he's left the office. He stayed fit, stayed in shape. Look at Michelle. And you hardly ever see the both of them together. Because she's out on her book deal, I guess eating junk food. And she's probably mad at him because of it. Remember the couple, John Edwards and his wife? John Edwards was the, you know, young, robust, good-looking guy, Hollywood looks, yeah. whereby his wife, she didn't have it. And she even talked about it. She even made fun of him. They said that she would make fun of him and say, oh, my God, he has the looks, but I have the brains. And she struggled with that throughout their marriage. She struggled with it until the day she died. And she even felt that he had an affair with her, I mean, on her because of her looks. But when you look at the person he had an affair with, Rachel Ryle, like, my God, are you serious? I mean, and I think this is what happened in a lot of these, these, these uh, relationships whereby the man looks much better than the woman. And uh, these women struggle with it. And I think Michelle Obama struggled with the fact that Barack Obama looked much better than her. And she knew that other women were looking at him. But I really, Andrew, I seriously don't think that he ever cheated on her with another woman. I don't know about a man. I don't know. But I don't think because to me, I've always said that he seemed as if though he was in love with himself. Barack Obama. I think he looked in the mirror and said, oh, you look, you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Even to this day, when you look at him, the, the persona, the air that he gives when he went to the White House that time and everyone was like attracted to him, pulled toward him. And Joe was like lost looking around like, oh, wait, I'm the president. But they were all adulating all on Barack Obama. And you can tell that he loved it. He was sucking it up. He loved it.
So I'm not at all surprised about the revelations that are made in this book about Barack Obama. I'm not at all surprised that he's even told Joe, Joe, you better wake up because if you don't, Trump could beat you. And if he beats you, he beats me. And I don't have my fourth, is it one, two, yeah, my next, my next term in office because I think he really wants that. And if he could run for the presidency again, Andrew, I think he would do it. He does. I think he has a, a visceral dislike for Trump. He wants everything that Trump has, but he can't get it. But he wants mm. us to think that Trump is a bad person because of it. So this is definitely a, a case study worth looking at. And wow, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. And we're going to keep talking about it, Andrew. Yes, we are. And we're all out of time tonight. But thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud. It is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, wherever you stream, or go to AmericaOutLoud.news. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing. <laughs>